0: Welcome to You Influence Podcast, where you will hear everything you need to learn how to be a man or woman of influence for the better in your personal and professional life. In business, at work, and in your social life, becoming a person of positive influence has an invaluable effect in ways we cannot imagine, but can only be felt in personal fulfillment. Welcome back, influencers, to another episode of You Influence Podcast. I got a great and very interesting guest uh, today with us. This is going to be out of the ordinary, uh, simply because she's not from a background that you typically hear uh, on this uh, podcast, you know, with your regular traditional business owners that have businesses that have built teams. Um, she has actually made a huge impact and continues to make great impact around the world, uh, thanks to the internet. And I'll tell you this much: some of the major influencers that you guys follow on your favorite social plat- um, media pl- platforms happen to follow my guest today. And um, I mean, listen, when you when you get to find out what she's all about, what she's doing, and the mission that she's on, you go and check out you know her social profiles and the content. You're gonna understand why she's gaining such huge attention across multiple platforms. Um, I personally came across her in one of the chats as a newbie on uh, Clubhouse. So if you're not on Clubhouse, uh, you should definitely get on it. Unfortunately, at this point, as of the date of this recording, they are making their platform available to iPhone users only so far. So if you have one and if you're not on Clubhouse, find a way to get on it. Um, If I have any invites left, definitely hit me in my DMs and I'll see what we can do for you. Um, Either way, we actually um, then connected on Instagram, exchanged a few messages, and and I found out that she's actually originally from Russia. And I thought she was living in UK, but but we're going to get into her story. So guys, help me welcome Anna Chirakova. There you go. Right. Awesome. Wrap out, so, wrap up. Let me
1: let me so give much. let me
0: give let me give the guys a little background of you. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh this is something I did not know. I just recently found out, but what I have um what did get my attention is that you're pre- peak performance trainer or coach. So at first I thought you know, you are a fitness trainer, you teach like, just like everybody else that we see out there. You know, we they have these coaching programs, how to get fit, how to lose weight and stuff like that. But the more I looked into your bio and your content, you know, like you are a coach to get the person's life in order. Right. And it it also revolves around nutrition, right, how to live your best life. And you're also a former 2016 European champion as a WFF pro, okay? And that's significant. So you lived in UK. Now you're back in Russia. And I want to get into that as far as you know how you're going back and forth. You know what sparked the uh, the transition. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here.
1: Sure. Thank you so much, Rafael. Let me begin with saying how flattered I am with this introduction. Thank you so very much for the kind words, and it's an absolute honor to be here. And thank you in advance for all of your listeners for the attention and their time, because nowadays time it is, I believe, the most valuable currency that we all have. So I thank all of your listeners and yourself for your time and for the space that you've created. I mean, influencing yourself the best way possible by bringing guests and again thank you so much i'm really grateful and appreciate it um well yes i mean everything that you said uh, is absolutely correct i'm russian originally and just to i guess to start with how it all began for me uh, i was born in russia in soviet union times actually uh, in 1984 um let's not calculate my age right now <laughs> but um yes it was a while ago and you know so I was growing up uh, at the collapse of Soviet Union um you know in a normal simple family uh back in the day you know it was pretty harsh for my parents um I would say I was you know I was brought up by my mother although I had my dad but you know he was doing his best but uh, like a lot of men in back in the day, you know, pretty frustrated and, you know, he had a drink or two just to, you know, give you a little, little insights to that. My mom, she's worked very hard and brought myself and my brother up and, you know, I was studying at the university. I was graduating public relations and politics back then um, and realizing that English is going to be pretty necessary as a language. And I can't really say that you know um we, we were taught very well uh the language because we were we, we were um we, we had teachers who were russians right and trying to to teach a foreign language so i made a decision that i wanted to uh go to london uh just to improve my my english and, um, and how, so how, I decided- old,
0: how old were you when you made that decision
1: So that I was 19 years old. I was just a, just a year uh, before graduation. And so I thought I need, you know, for my career, for my future career, I definitely will benefit if I speak English at least, you know, somehow. And so like I've mentioned, you know, we, I just, uh, you know, I was growing up in a simple family. My mom, she's, she works at the school. Um, and so I borrowed pretty much like money from all of my friends <laughs> in order for me to go to, um, to study in London for just a few months. It was, the plan was to go for two months to get my English in order and then go back to Russia. And uh, so I, I did that. I went to London and I was, it was my first trip ever. You know, It's the first time I went on the airplane. It was the first time I went to a foreign place and, um, so it happened not to, you know, go too deep in, into a story. I was invited to work for an Italian airline. Um, you know, just, just as, um, as a check-in, you know, as a check-in agent, uh, those, you know, pretty girls you see at the desk when you, when you come when you to the say airport. you
0: were invited, were you recruited or when you, you actually applied for that job when you got to UK?
1: Okay, well, let me, you, um, you're you not going to believe the story, but, you know, I'll try to cut it very short, although it's a long one. I was basically at the college, all okay, right? Okay, so Which was a, here,
0: yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Here's why Yes, I, of course. Go on. I'm trying to picture this in my head. Uh, I've right. never experienced this. I came to US when I was a small kid at 12, uh, you know, the age of 12 with a family. So it wasn't uh-huh. my decision, you know, to be here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But... Right. I see people, young adults that are arriving in this country with practically no language, no nothing. Parents are back home, wherever it is. And okay. they're starting from scratch in a brand new country. Right. So it, I, I understand the challenges. Yeah. Because Correct. I see it, I witness it, I experience it. As a matter of fact, I happen to hire the, some of them in the past as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, sure. so... Sure. The, the stories that I hear, they're not always the, the, the great stories of, oh my God, I'm in a new country. This is going to be amazing. It, it, these are the stories of struggle. So how, that's what I'm asking. How did you land a job at an Italian airline so fast?
1: I have to be—I have to be honest with you. My story will sound a bit like a fairy tale, but that's the honest God's truth. What happened with me, and uh, you can call it luck, you can call it—you know, whatever, whatever you know, whatever you wish. But what actually happened was, I went to London without no plans. I—I I went to study, and as I was at the college two weeks in, I had a man approach me on my lunch break, and. I guess his intention was just to meet a girl, right? But he, uh, he, he's, so the first sentence he's asked me is where I'm from. The second sentence was whether I'm looking for a job. And the third sentence was that he's working for an Italian airline and they're recruiting. I mean, it is it it was that simple, you know, and uh, as a girl, you know, maybe now if a man would approach me with a job offer just in a supermarket, I would think twice. But back then, you know, I'll be honest with you, it was fascinating for me to speak with a foreigner. So I didn't stop that conversation. And it ended up uh, being, you know, so so literally in, in a week time he invited he messaged me and he said. You, you know, if you're interested, bring up your CV and come over to Heathrow Airport. And so I thought it's a public place. You know, there's nothing's going to happen with me there. So I, I came and he took me to the general manager. I've had an interview and then I got a job over. And that's, and this is exactly what happened, you know, like literally step by step. And again, it, it was probably luck. But, you know, I say, okay, um, I say luck is like a bus ticket, Right uh well or rather it's like a bus you know there's always another one coming there's always an opportunity coming but in order to get on the bus you have to have a ticket and what i mean by this analogy is that okay maybe i was lucky and i'm a you know a blessed pretty girl you know and and thank god for that i'm very you know very grateful but what i'm saying is um i could have a say you know, I, was, I could be shy not to talk to this guy or I could be arrogant not to talk to this guy. I could be uh, scared to go and you know speak to uh, an airline uh, general manager and have doubts whether I'll be able to do it or not. But so I, I was courageous enough let's say, uh, to actually go and do it and present myself in a certain way and start working there and, and continue working there because I was doing my best. So you can call it luck, but also we need to have, like, it's, it's a preparation with, um, uh, you know, with an opportunity. If you're not prepared, then the opportunity will go. So that, that's what luck for me.
0: Good. Yeah, I heard I heard a couple of expressions about luck. You know, just even if you break down the letters of luck, uh, L-U-C-K, it's labor under correct knowledge. Or as as Robbins puts it, uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yes, so if you're not prepared, exactly. yes. it doesn't matter what opportunity. Well, like like you say, you know, the next bus, it doesn't matter how many buses are going to come your way as, as an opportunity. If you're not prepared, if you don't have to do your part, if you don't have that ticket, right, then right. it doesn't matter what kind of opportunity you're presented with, then you're going to consider yourself unlucky. But it really, you're not unlucky, you're just not prepared. I could not agree
1: more, Rafael. I could not agree more.
0: Yeah, so it's a combination. Okay, awesome. So um, you began working for the airlines, and um, let me ask you this. Let me, let sure. me f- uh, kind of go backwards a little bit. Sure. The whole theme about the podcast and you know the, uh, the interviews and the solo episodes is about influence, but it's not the influence of the digital influence that we know of. It's influence okay. of a personal influence, business influence. Now, the reality is this, whether people realize it or not, you know, we end up influencing others in more ways than we can ever imagine, even without the social media, right? The people around us, the, the, the person that we meet in the grocery store, the person, our family members, perhaps, you know, friends, uh, former friends, maybe we have influenced them in a negative way or positive way. But all of that is a result of how we've been influenced up to a point, right okay so making a decision to go to a foreign country just for the sake of learning a new language or getting better at a new language without any money where you had to actually swallow your pride and ego ask for money it's not a decision i assume and it takes courage not at all. so where, where you get your courage from to become independent? What has influenced you? Yeah. Was, was it the, the challenges of your father? Was it the challenges in the country? Was it uh, understanding that, you know, nothing is going to get done for you based on, like I come from a Soviet Union environment as well. I was born, I was, mm-hmm. I was born in 79, you know, so right. I, and we left in 19, at the end of 1991.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
0: for me, my understanding, like, for example, when I came to this country as a 12 year old kid who never knew the concept of money before, because my family was very well off over there. And when we came here, we were flat broke, not as a figure of speech, but we literally had zero because my dad left all the money there because somebody told him that you're going to end up coming back. So he left everything. He didn't even convert five dollars, five rubles, nothing. So when we came here, I saw my parents were broke and they were handed an envelope, basically like, you know, uh, money from the government. And at that point, I understood that, like, holy shit, we're broke. So I knew right away, I'm like, I have to get some money. I have to work. Right, right. That was the the aha moment for me. What was the aha moment for you to start becoming more independent and brave? What has influenced you?
1: Thank you, Rafa. That's a brilliant question. I would say it was a combination of things. And um, as you've mentioned, you know, being brought up in a very turbulent situation, as in family-wise, economy-wise, you know. So my family has never really, like was never in uh, an abundant like financial state, okay? But that I would say, taught me uh, to be very grateful for little things right uh, and I wouldn't say necessarily I was looking to um, become financially independent but I was definitely looking to become independent right so it, as in I wasn't um, chasing a lot of money but I was chasing uh, the state of independency right where I can actually um, sustain myself. And um, again, it, it was probably a combination of things, right? So um, I knew that I, in life, I w- I cannot really depend on anyone apart from myself. I mean, my mom, you know, first of all, she's a woman, you know, she works like in a state school. So what can she provide have, for me? You have to be
0: careful how you say that because some people may be listening to this they're like, oh my God, just because she's a woman doesn't mean... You, oh, you, oh I'm a
1: woman. No, no, no. Exactly. No, no, is, no. I,
0: I, right. I say that respectfully. <laughs> sure. And sure. I don't know if you know where I stand when, in regards to this sensitivity, but right. I have zero tolerance for it. However.
1: Oh, however. I'm also yes. I, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Okay, let me uh, let me
0: just explain to
1: you why I've used that specific term.
0: Because of it, the times that we were living in, I assume.
1: Exactly, exactly. So it was like back, back in Soviet Union times, you know, um, it was, it, it wasn't even a matter of gender. Okay. But what, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, she was a single mother working in for a government um, organization. And I'll tell you one thing for uh, they were not paying salary with money they were paying salary with uh, like vouchers. So you didn't, so you had two kids, right, on your shoulders, which is not, you know, I mean, it's not like a family of 15, but still it wasn't, it was very hard. And so it wasn't being a woman, it's just being a single parent even, you know, who's got responsibility of bringing up two kids and no help from anyone else. And then in a situation where you work, you work hard, but you don't get paid you get paid with with papers where it's written bread a couch you know like
0: with coupons this, this,
1: yeah like those kind of coupons you know it's like it's not even bene- like it's not even benefits from the government that you get the money in the envelope it's like literally you work your you know you work your hardest you go to work every single day you have got two kids and then at the end of the month and not every month sometimes yes sometimes no you'll get a coupon where it's written what what are you allowed to get you know like it's only for the bread and nobody cares you want your shoes or you want uh, cheese you know like in fact there was nothing of that of this kind on the shelves in the the, you know in the supermarkets but not to go too deep into that what I'm what I was trying to say is like I knew that uh uh, there's like I cannot I cannot depend on anyone else apart from myself right but more than that if if I'm 100% honest Rafael, it wasn't even that it wasn't You know, like you've mentioned Tony Robbins before, and he said a beautiful thing as well. There's two um, driving forces for us to achieve something is inspiration and desperation, right? So from what I'm saying, it almost sounds like it was a desperation, but not at all. I wasn't desperate. I was more inspired, you know. I was more inspired and curious, um, you know, about other places, other countries, um, and uh, you know, like new horizons. And what I felt, uh, if I remember, you know, correctly, my, my state back then is that, you know, like children, we have less and 19 is not a child, but still it's a teenager, it's this, uh, still like a teenage set of like mindsets. I wasn't scared, I wasn't afraid, I wasn't thinking twice, you know, oh, maybe I'll go there and, you know, maybe things are not gonna work out or something's gonna happen. I haven't had any of those thoughts. I just, I made a, you know, I uh, like I made a choice, I I put myself in a situation, like I made a goal and I wasn't questioning myself. That was it, it was done, I'm going, you know? And plus I haven't had a strict, like uh, a plan what i'm expecting like there was no expectation from that trip whatsoever you know and they say expectation is a root of uh, all like suffering you know and all disappointments because when you have like a strict plan and it doesn't work out the way how you set it up in your mind then you know you almost don't know what to do anymore but i haven't had any of those and i think you know this natural flow um brought me to where I am right now, to be, to be fair, you know, but back then it was a combination of that. And one more important thing, you know, as a girl of 19 years old, back then, I'll be honest with you, I also ran away from the way how my girlfriends were treated by men and I wasn't gonna, I, I wasn't taking that, you know, like I wasn't prepared for this kind of relationships because again, you know, in that financial situation, where the, uh, the the Soviet Union collapsed right and some um, basically like because uh, everything that belonged to, to the government suddenly belonged to you know like to the individuals there were a lot of men with money right and it, it was like almost um, it, maybe it's my personal experience you know but like most of my girlfriends were literally like, offered a better life but it wasn't a soul connection it was just like okay you know it, who, like who, who will offer you better life and i and this was not something that i was prepared to go for you know i wanted a genuine connection and relationship and it was hard for me to find that you know i so this was another reason why i wanted to go and see what's on the other side you know and like explore other other places
0: your motivation was not just driven by inspiration, because you said, um, you know, you mentioned Tony Robbins, you mentioned inspiration and desperation. So your decision wasn't just inspired by inspiration to discover, but it was actually driven by I, avoiding I would say it was pain. A
1: combination of two.
0: Yeah, but it was also to avoid pain because you didn't like what you saw with your friends. So because it was more of a financial incentivized uh relationship rather than ra- rather than you know being fulfilled and being with the person that you actually want to be with so it was just avoiding that type of situation and seek mm-hmm. out more Rafael,
1: i think uh the connection is not really great C- can you can you hear me
0: i hear you perfectly fine Really,
1: because you like I'm I'm losing you quite a bit, unfortunately. But um, if if I understood you correctly, yes, it was a combination of two. It was first of all, I w- I wasn't satisfied with the situation with the current situation back there, uh, back then, uh, in the country. You know, in terms of like personal interactions, you know, and again, uh, I w- I didn't see you know. I didn't, I didn't see a financial, like, abundance, um, especially if I'm not, you know, if, if I don't, if if I want to improve my language and if I want struggle, you know, with my career or hustle enough, let's say, and, so, but, but, But again, I was also having no fear and I was very curious about, you know, what is that? What is that on the other side? You know, what what can I like? It's exploration of what is possible without expectations. So that's that's probably how, you know, how would the best describe my my state back then.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, when did you get involved in fitness or did you pursue a a different career at first?
1: Well, the career I was pursuing was the, uh, you know, the airline career because I was actually enjoying my job a lot. Uh, so you, know, you actually was, uh, looked
0: at, so you looked at that as a career path instead of just, you know, a job as a, you know, to get by while you're in a new country.
1: No, okay. First of all, it wasn't a flight attendant. I was working on the ground, so I was constantly in London, you know, working for an airline, and I was loving it. It was, you know. Yes, I enjoyed it as my career because, you know, again, I was studying public relations and there was a lot of public relations, you know, in that industry. Like I was getting in touch with, it was fascinating because I'm a very active individual, you know, and working for an airline was something that um, kept me on my toes, you know, like it was very intense it was very interesting every single day was something new you know like you would not get bored uh for instance if you'd work at the um, at the office you know and like I had uh, dozens of colleagues and everyday you know passengers etc so I was enjoying it and it was my career fitness wise um you know like again back in Russia even when I was at the university the culture was as such that you know everybody especially as a girl you know you would ex- like you were expected to look after yourself, health-wise, you know, looks-wise. Um, it, it was again, it was a part of the uh, national College. You know, we had physical education. We uh, we were obliged to pass exams on physical education. And that was a part of the um, you know of the general education for the for the public. But also, to remind you, and that's probably another, you know, reason um, in terms of, like, a little, you know, tough interaction, man-woman kind of situation, was that statistically, you know, there were many more girls than there were, uh, you know, boys or men and women, let's say. So, from what I remember, it was almost like one man for 10 women, you know, statistically, because of the wars, etc. So um, it was very um, hard to be the chosen one, right? Because obviously, you know, like, like you, you had a very tough uh, ratio, you know. So girls were, um, and I don't. This is my perspective again. This is like my thought pattern. Um, In order to be chosen, you know, you had to like look and be your best, right? Um, So because of the competition, obviously. So uh, the reason why I'm saying all of that is because like all my, you know, all the girlfriends I was studying at the university with, all my peers, etc. I remember like girls were looking after themselves very well. You know, they were even joking, like you would put heels on just to go to the supermarket to buy a bottle of milk, you know? So this was the situation with, uh, you know, with women. And that's probably why they used to say, or maybe say it still, that Russian women are like one of the prettiest because... They look after themselves. So that's what I was doing. You know, I was always into nutrition. I was always uh, into sports and fitness. Uh, While I uh, was at the university, I was already, um, I've done like a course for the step aerobics. I don't know if you guys remember these kind of things. But so I was, I was doing that, but just for myself, you know, it wasn't to pursue that career. It was just a hobby. And so when I was in London um, for the first couple of years, you know, I I quit everything. I didn't go to the gym, nothing, because obviously my priorities were different. You know, I was pursuing my airline career, you know, and I was busy settling in a foreign country, you know, and the the documents, et cetera, and relationships and everything. But uh, five years in, I decided that, you know, I need to take my, and this is very important to mention, during those times was the first and the only time in my life where I again I stopped really taking time to take care of myself. So I was my diet wasn't really as great, you know, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't moving as much. And I I felt very strange, but I didn't connect it with the diet and exercise. I just thought that, you know, maybe I'm very busy or I'm getting tired. And um, I, you know, I've noticed that like my mood has changed. I'm not as happy person as I usually am. I'm getting very tired. I'm getting moody sometimes, like my mood swing and uh, different kind of, you know, negative like health um, outcomes. And again, I didn't, I didn't connect that to me having a different diet or anything. I was just, you know, going on with my life. And once I got back to the gym and started exercising again, and, you know, starting, started caring about my diet and going back on track, so to say, it has changed. You know, I'm, I was happier. I, I looked better. I felt better. And that. Uh, you know like plant um, a seed of thought in my mind that it is connected it's not just you know people don't just say do it for no reason like I experienced on my own health how it influenced having bad diet or you know going back on uh, better nutrition and exercise Um, and so I also uh, met uh, my ex partner who was very much into sports and we were just going to the gym nothing you know just a personal hygiene but because we were really into this um you know just for ourselves you know we were learning and studying and the instagram just came about that time 2014 2015 um we we, we started you know other people what do they do uh, how do they train what do they eat etc and we were experimenting on ourselves And it worked, you know, it was working. So we started having amazing results and everybody in the gym, you know, they were saying, guys, you look so great. You know, why don't you compete? And for me, uh, it was like uh, a very, you know, it was a shock because I thought competing, it's like for athletes, you know, you'd have it as a career. You have a coach, you have a nutritionist, you have, you know, a whole team behind you before you get on stage. Um, so we had a conversation with one of the, uh, WBFF pros and he said, look, I've been backstage. I've seen people that compete and you look just as great. Like, why don't you try? Um, so I decided to, to do it for fun. And the first competition I've entered completely just for fun, you know, just to have a life experience. Uh, I, I came third, you know, they placed me third and it was so it was mind blowing for me because first of all they were saying you know you have to know someone to you know to to be placed you know i didn't know anyone at all like i didn't know anyone in the industry I didn't know no judges nothing at all all i knew how,
0: it, how long was it from the time somebody made a comment that you should be competing to the time that you actually entered the competition and competed how long did it pass, how long time passed? Four,
1: four, four months it was four months so during those <laughs> four months were everything. you
0: were you exercising more intentionally now understanding that you will start competing or was it the same type of uh, routine
1: it's a great question i it, it, indeed it was more intentional because i still i knew that i'm going to be stepping on stage and honestly you know the idea of it was such a it was a, such a beautiful experience. I have to I have to be honest, and I didn't realize the the full power that it will bring, you know, to me, because um, you know it's not just it, it it's not just um, uh, you know getting a trophy. There's so much going uh, you know into this. It's like stepping. Um, beyond all of your insecurities and trust me i had a ton i was like i wasn't even sure how did i sign up for it like i did not see myself stepping with a bikini on stage in the front of the like, like spotlight and cameras and people judging you and you intentionally do that like you You actually ask for it, like, and you pay money even to you know to to enroll into that uh, into that whole
0: experience. So you you pay pay money to get judged. That's an interesting concept. Yes,
1: this is a very interesting concept. And trust me, like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm 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 surprised with my own decisions. (laughs) But but that's how this industry works, actually. So um, yes, I started training more intentionally. However, I was still training by myself you know I didn't hire a coach which was I'll I'll be honest it it has got a pluses and you know advantages and disadvantages because it is great because you learn but it takes uh, it takes so much more time you know maybe if I would have hired the coach I would have won my first competition you know because indeed I was in a great shape but I was guessing, it was a guess game, you know, it was an experiment, you know, try this, does that work, does this not work? But again, because I was not taking it so seriously, I was just doing it for fun. So, you know, I thought, okay, let me just go and, you know, I'll come out, I'll wear a bikini, um, I'll, I'll fight my demons, and I'll try to become more confident. And it happened, you know, but um, again, the time when I actually won my European competition, which is the third... Um, third time I stepped on stage and the last time I stepped on stage, um, was under the supervision of a professional trainer, right. A professional coach who actually gave me, and it wasn't so much for the information because he didn't really teach me anything. I didn't know, but you know, it was important for accountability. You know, you like even the biggest, and, and my, at the beginning, I was a little bit arrogant. I have to be honest in, in terms of like, I thought nobody knows me better than I do. Nobody knows my body better than I do. You know, nobody will like guide me to things because, you know, I know myself, like how I how I need, right? But that's absolutely incorrect because you need someone, especially uh, when it comes to competitions and, you know, professional athletes closer to the competition date you will start doubting yourself. You start questioning your strategies, you know, because your mind is, I mean, we have to appreciate our human nature, right? Like uh, we, it, it, it's not a straightforward path, you know, and you need the supervision. This is so, so important. Like I I wish I knew that back then, right? But, but, but again, no regrets. I don't have regrets, but you know, probably that's what I would recommend anyone who is and 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 you know rafael that the the reason why i love sports so much is because there's a beautiful analogy with life you know even if you're in business in any industry whatsoever you know i think even rumi who said that with without a guide you might spend 200 years for the trip that might take you two days you know (laughs) so it's basically it's just saving time you know like we go to the Dentist to fix our teeth we're not trying to fix our own teeth right like why do people not see that in any other areas say in health in fitness like you might be a professional doctor or somebody might be a professional I don't know plumber somebody might be a professional fitness trainer and so isn't that better to go to a professional instead of like like thinking you should know no, we shouldn't know. like I'm a professional in this area, but I'm not, for example, like I lack knowledge in marketing. I'm not gonna go sit here guess how to do how to you know market myself better. I'll go and hire uh, you know person who's good at marketing, and I wish I knew that back then.
0: <laughs> listen, that's a hundred percent true. it's uh, I always say that most people plateau after they're done with formal education and they coast through life, it's like, um, I don't know if you drive or not, but when when you're driving on the road and let's say, let's say uh, you're driving through uh, a, a major road and there's a plastic bag floating around on the road. It has no weight to it. It has no direction and it will move the way the wind will move it as the cars pass by. That's most human beings in life. Oh, gosh, they, have no, yes. they have no direction. They float through life. They think they have a direction, which is the pension plan. And they worked there 40 to 50 years. You know, they're clocking and clocking out, waking up and it's a routine. There's no accountability. That's why they're floating through life. Our accountability for the most part stops when we're done with school, because whether we realize it or not, the people that hold us accountable are teachers and professors. After that, not even most spouses hold each other accountable. For most relationships, that's why for marriages, the marriages
1: are not really done last. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no accountability. Nobody wants to be told the truth. Like right now, I have, you know, I mentioned it briefly before, but with this whole sensitivity right now going on. Listen, I'm a father of two girls. I was raised by a woman. My my dad was never there. You know, so I'm surrounded by females. My last two right. businesses, over 90% of my employees were female as well. Millennial females. So I completely mm-hmm. understand the psyche of a woman the and understand the, uh, the, the need for, to be empathetic. But there's also a place for common sense. And with all of this sensitivity right now going on, oh, you can't say this. Oh, you can't tell me what to do. You can't do this. Oh, I'm my own person. Like, pardon my French, but you're a fucking idiot if you refuse accountability. Because 1,000%. I guarantee the people that refuse accountability, no matter at what level, professionally, business, career, marital, doesn't matter. The people that refuse accountability w- are guaranteed to regret their path a decade to two decades from now. It's, 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 a, it's a sure plan to fail. Right. The problem right. with that is that you can't turn back time. Regret, like Jim Rohn, I don't know if you, if you ever heard of Jim Rohn, but Jim Rohn, uh, ha, he has one of the quotes, had one of the quotes that says, you will pay the price regardless. The question is, will you pay the price of discipline or will you pay the price of regret? Where yes. discipline I weighs ounces that. and regret weighs tons. Well, That's I haven't it. heard the continuation of that. That's
1: beautiful
0: yeah that's that's the difference and this is the issue that i have with people men and women on both end of the aisle of this highly sensitivity to being held accountable for your own actions or being held accountable to your own to your own goals and dreams so i could fully agree with you you know i digress a little but fully agree with you in regards to having the accountability Here's my question to you: Do you do you consider Sorry. yourself? Because I I notice a pattern in your story here. Do you consider yourself a highly competitive person?
1: Oof, um, fantastic question yet again. Um, I would say yes. However, I do compete with myself more than anyone else, right? And um, that might not have been the case in my early years, but I have learned. Uh, throughout all of these experiences, especially these extreme competing experiences where you actually don't just theoretically compete with somebody, you're practically competing with people, right? And again, I'm so grateful for this experience because being in such an extreme situation, it opens your eyes so much on to you know the fact that the whole um, concept of competing with another person it is so absurd, you know, it is so absurd, especially when it comes to competing on stage, you know, and comparing the bodies and females beauty. And, you know, it is just so absurd, but, but without being in that extreme situation, I would probably not see it for a such, you know, and I'm, you know, I might have spent my whole life trying to fit into some standards, you know, but it taught me that, you know, that again, it might sound very trivial, However, you know, um, we we can only strive to be better than ourselves yesterday. And you brought this subject up of responsibility. And I believe that, you know, in in accepting responsibility is where the greatest power, you know, And, and again, like it. I mean, I hope it makes sense, but really the one, once you accept responsibility, you take the charge of your life in your hands, right? It might sound scary, but actually it, it, it's just you accepting the fact that whatever happens is down to you, you know, you're in charge, you're in charge. And once you understand you're in charge, you can make different decisions. You can, you know, you can influence your own life. You don't anymore depend on somebody else telling you what to do, what you can do, what you can't do, or, you know, like what happened at the traffic light or everything is your responsibility. And by, by saying that, I mean, it's your mindset is how you perceive things is how you interpret situations in life. Right. So competitive I am, but again, just with, you know, with my former self, let's say that. And, um, I think also, Uh, I think also it's uh, Jacko Willing who said, you know, in discipline lies um, the greatest freedom, you know, and I absolutely love that as well. You know, in discipline lies the greatest freedom, because when you do what you what you told, like what you said to yourself, you will do right. This is how you earn respect to yourself. This is how you learn how to love yourself and from us you know so as within so without like from from you can't pour out of an empty cup how you treat yourself is how you reflect the world and with re- and the world reflects back at you you know so I think you know it's so so super important to love and respect yourself and so that you can give you know the same
0: to others. See the competition with others when you compete with others right. same goes with sport right. same goes for business the competition with others is actually driven by ego the competition Absolutely. with your own self is driven by self growth and that's a big difference right and i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to compete with others especially if you're on the world stage if you're playing you know mm-hmm. basketball if you're a, Absolutely. Um, you know performing but at the same time it has to come with a dose of consciousness because there is a reason why a lot of these athletes are mentally broke once their career is over because they don't know who to compete with anymore
1: the perp- like they lose the purpose of they their life they lose lives, the purpose right? because, because...
0: They, their entire career the purpose was to beat the next guy or the next gal absolutely it was absolutely. It wasn't driven by let me beat my past performance
1: so oh i absolutely agree with you on that rafael because you know, uh, we, that there is no need, okay, what do I think about ego, right, ego is uh, our innate part, you know, there's no need to deny, it. there's no need to destroy, it, there's no need to, you know, step away from it, no, you embrace it, right, and so instead, but instead of uh, making it a master, make it your ally, right, so wh- what I mean by that is, like, yes, compete with others, I mean, like, this is the world we live in the world business you know um whatever fitness whatever it is in whatever career you are it is uh, whether you want to you want to um avoid it you can't we all we you know in business and in life we we do sort of compete with you know with others but it's the incentive that you put behind and i love how you said you know the conscious decision like it depends how you define, you know, this competition. If it's a healthy competition, if, if you use that in, um, you know, in, in a healthy sort of way as a, you know, as a, just a, a, a drive force, again, to still become better and maybe win for, like in your own eyes rather than beat somebody, you know, so the, the, the definition of that is important. The game stays the game the game is always the same you know life fitness business but uh it's how you how you perceive that
0: did you read the book by ryan holiday enemy is the ego
1: no, i don't believe so i did i did read uh, ryan holiday but it was um stillness um stillness, I, I, is, I read key? It, stillness is the key yes yes, yes stillness yes.
0: is the key then he's got another one enemy is the ego so <clears throat> I, i'm aware of what the book is about i i glimpsed through it when i was looking at amazon The reason why I never read it because I feel that the title is very misleading. Oh,
1: maybe. Yes.
0: Because I feel that ego driven decisions are Mm -hmm. not the way to to go. Right. But a well behaved ego is healthy. You need the ego. And mostly for your own self, not for others. Th- that's no, why I haven't I read the book, read but I do know what the book is about. And I find it but- very interesting because it's a paradox. And a lot of people, um, they fall victim to thinking that ego really is the enemy. And they live in this Zen environment where there is no ego. I like the this Zen This is an extreme. Mm. It's extreme, exactly. So basically, the point is extreme of either side is not a healthy way. It creates Absolutely. regret later on in life. Absolutely. You know, if, if I was just live, about to say that. So I, I'm looking, and, and I know you you do this. That's what I want to get into next. But I know mm-hmm. you, you do this. So pardon me if, I, if, if this comes off offensive, but I know it won't because, you know, I think you're very level-headed. Thank you. People that are go completely, on. like, you know, zen, they go on these retreats to, you know, certain countries, and this is their lifestyle this is what they claim this it's their lifestyle i'm 41 now i'll be 42 this year mm-hmm. i know people my age and older that have led that kind of lifestyle in the past for a number mm-hmm. of years but now they are more or less regretting it why mm-hmm. because they didn't listen to their gut and they went with more um, with more what Um, I guess what, what the marketplace said you need to do. And that is to calm down, relax. You know, it's not about this physical world. It's about um, the moving on. And what have you done here being complete at peace? And now they're saying like, listen, I should have gone after my dreams. I should have done this. I should have become more creative, more productive instead of just staying in tune. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if you, if you psychoanalyze, I'm talking about medically, professionally psychoanalyze people mm-hmm. that are in this complete Zen state, you will find a lot of selfishness in those individuals. Right. Because right. it's all about me, 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 me. I need to be at peace. So mm-hmm. I become a mm-hmm. Zen master and let me start doing life coaching. Instead, right. the reality, as far as I'm concerned, we're still living in a monetary world. Absolutely. So to become selfless, if you really truly want to be selfless, you have to be able to help as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And you can't help people if you're completely broke.
1: Right. And if you're completely zen, right? If
0: you're completely zen. (laughs) <laughs> right. So it's got it's gotta be this fine line, the balance between the two Absolutely. of where you are going after your dreams. And if your mm-hmm. true dream is to help more people, then the only fucking goal you should have is to go out and make as much money as possible to be able to help other people. Go give it all away.
1: Absolutely, Rafael. Amen. Um I cannot agree more with everything that you said. And the you know, my response to that is this I admire a person who is able to keep their composure, you know, and keep their um, being grounded, not on the mountain top because it's easy, right? I mean, of course, there's no distractions. But if you are someone who's mastered the peace of mind, and you know, your posture and how you behave and how you react in the world, in the world, in the um, some challenging situations in your business with your colleagues with your you know clients etc then well done to you this is what the purpose for me of zen is you and and again it's duality you cannot just be the light or you know you cannot just be the shadow like you have to actually like you said find this balance and in this balance is you know for me personally is you know the golden middle basically this is the 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 you
0: well, know the, th- the this is, this is my point sorry uh, right. for me the balance is not in the middle for me the Where, balance could be 90 10 it could be 80 20 it could be 95 oh, really? and 5 the balance right. meaning if you if there's no conflict in your head as far as what should be done so for mm. me the perfect balance is congruity you're right. both sides of your drive, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the, the light and the shadow or right. the drive and you know the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those two elements, they need to be congruent with one another. So if i right. for example, to put this in perspective, if I have a family mm-hmm. and I have a family to take care of and I, I need to handle my business, the right. work-life balance for me is not spending eight hours with my family and then eight hours at work. Right. The work-life balance for me needs to be that my family is fully in understanding that mm-hmm. the 90% of my time that I'm spending on the business is for the sake of taking care of the other 10%. Absolutely. And at some point, it's going to flip-flop where I'm spending 90% of my, my time with my family and only 10% of, of money-producing activity. So it's all about right. congru- congruency, not necessarily being in the middle.
1: Right. I guess uh, I agree with you, Rafael, on that. Uh, I guess what I meant more of is the personal, like a mindset, the the the, you know, the balance in your own mind as an individual. You know, like so you can't go um you know 90 being zen and then 10 like trying to live in the world or the other way around you know because if you're 90 just hustling all the time you're gonna get anxiety you're gonna get burned out you're gonna you know you're gonna end up with millions of you know dollars but then like no fulfillment inside of yourself you know like yep. you uh, abandon your family if you are 90 you know hustling all the time and uh and like what you just described right now you know if you just abandon everything the business the life you know all the hassle and you just went to the mountaintop that's another extreme like that's not good either like find this uh middle ground in your own being in your own mind in your own mindset and out of this balance in your mind then you can play around, you know, like, do you spend 90% of time, you know, like hustling, but then you're still taking care of your family and you're communicating with your family and you're taking care of your, you know, of your how like home life, et cetera, with your personal life. I think only if you're like centered in your own mind that you can, you know, like you can um, play around in, in the real world. And succeed in the real world, if that makes okay. any
0: sense. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, right. All right. So let me transition into the next question. Sure. Who is your client, and how do you help them?
1: Okay. So my um, clients, I've start, so when I okay, let me let me transition into that. So once I've decided that the airline career is does not longer serve me, you know, I'm not enjoying my job as much. Um, I had clients, you know, mostly girls who wanted to, again, you know, maybe compete or lose some weight or just look pretty. Um, And um, with all due respect, you know, I did help a lot of girls, not out of the career, but just like to help them out. Um, But I'm more interested not in um, aesthetics, right? But I'm more interested in, um, again, in performance, hence why I'm a peak performance coach, right? So I'm more interested in helping people achieve their um, perfect performance as in life, you know, like when you feel great, you don't have to sacrifice your job, you know, in order to feel great, you don't have to sacrifice your home life in order to feel great, you have to find this, you know, combination of, um, you know, a certain lifestyle right and again there's so much disinformation nowadays um in you know when it comes to nutrition and exercise uh all of the you know like uh keto whatever it, it's like a fashion you know it's like a it's like a uh same it's trends you know the diet the the, the nutrition and the fitness world has got the same trends as the Uh, ones you see in fashion weeks you know today's popular keto style tomorrow's popular just juices then it's popular being a vegan etc all of that you know it that it's not uh sustainable so my job and my clients are uh high performance you know people business people entrepreneurs that uh dedicate a lot of time you know for succeeding the for sorry for achieving their goals but they are very often um, neglect their health, right? And these are my clients. So I help people um, get their energy levels on track, you know, by um, fixing the sleeping pattern, circadian rhythms, nutrition-based. We implement movements. We, um, you know, we implement cold therapy, heat therapy. And there's a lot of biohacking out there and all of it is holistic. So none of it is including I get my clients off medication, right? I'm very against um, the amount of medications that doctors put, uh, you know, people unnecessary. Of course, some cases, you know, like some some cases really require medical interve- uh, intervention, but most of the cases, you know, depression, etc. everything comes from our gut. You know, if you fix your nutrition, you fix your diet, you implement movement, like 90, 99 Uh, percent of diseases will disappear so that's what that that is you know my mission my drive is i like to help people to get their health on track so they can perform at their peak
0: do it okay so if someone is not an entrepreneur or a business owner can they still hire you
1: oh absolutely absolutely i I mean this is just uh to explain okay in my so, mind, uh, so, so it's the lifestyle.
0: Is... It's the it's the lifestyle of the individual that attracts your type of service because they're busy. So it could be a very busy professional uh, that doesn't have time to really take care of their health, and they think they just need to hit the gym, uh, but it's still not working out. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. How, exactly. How much I mean, do you, you know about? Be,
1: you you. I mean, my my clients can be a doctors or yeah. Sorry.
0: How much do you know uh, about biome and getting that gut? You mentioned the gut, right? because we we know that over seventy five percent of yes. our immune system right. comes from the gut.
1: hundred percent. So gut health is number one in you know my coaching programs. But what I have to say is like I don't like to overthink, uh, you know there's a lot of different um, strategies out there. you know, you need to do you need to take probiotics, you need to do. There's, uh, everything is much simpler, you know? I implement such things as fasting, for instance, you know, where you actually um, switch on the um, metabolic activities and you switch on such techniques of our, they are innate in our body, you know, autophagy, where you your body eats the old cells and renews itself, right? with the nutrition you can reverse all of that you can clean like there is no need for any special detox our liver is our you know detox organ like all we have to do is not to stand on our own way um so it's not to stand on our own way you know but just keeping our organs healthy you know and Allow our body to renew itself. You know, don't eat before going to sleep. Stay away from electronics two hours before you go to bed. Expose yourself to a sunlight. Um, you know, walk barefoot. Go have a cold shower. Everything is accessible to pretty much everyone. But people always look for some fancy recipes, you know, or like go and buy something out of the shelf that will like a magic pill that will help you. No, back to basics back to basics, you know, like help your body reinvent itself. Because our body is just an amazing miracle machine. You know, we're adapting to pretty much any environment. And environment is super important for gut health as well.
0: How much is does fasting uh, come into play?
1: Oh, I I implement fasting pretty much with every single client, less so with uh, women because of the hormones. But Uh, intermittent fasting i mean i'm not saying like go fast three days in a row
0: i'm talking about let's say even a 24 hour fast to reset your immune
1: okay the science shows that anything after 16 hours of fast will give you benefits right the longer the fast the more benefits you get as in growth hormone uh you know secretion um testosterone you know for man um, again, autophagy, which is like the, the, the death of old cells, etc. But 16 hours, they say is the, um, the minimum that, you know, all these processes start to switch on 24, of course. But again, you got to like, it has to be by stages. You can't just go into this because you need to prepare your body as well. You know, like there's a certain, um, like, for example, elimination of animal products. But again, I'm not for any diet. You know, and I adjust, um, you know, the, the program to each individual, right? So if you're someone who's tried that already, we can maybe go straight into 24-hour fast. But if you've never done that, you know, we'll do maybe 12 hours, then into 13. You have to be very cautious of your own, you know, I- intuition, you know. And but if, the
0: gut, if fast, we're it, talking about no water either.
1: What, no, 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 water fast, water fast. We don't like, I don't do dry fasts at all because I believe that hydration is also very important. Uh, But again, this is my personal preference as a coach. You know, I'm not saying don't do it if it, if it, if it feels right, but I, I personally promote water fasts. Right. But then, you can't really have anything else but water, you know, like maybe black coffee, but nothing that will spike your insulin or um, basically start your digestive juices, etc, right? because some people say, oh you can like you can have BCAs or um, apple cider vinegar, et etc. No, just water.
0: Okay. So last year, we had a global reset, so to speak. right. You were in UK when uh, the whole pandemic broke out. So you were like in the the epicenter was, you know, uh, right out of China, went to Iran heavily, and then Italy, France and UK and then uh, US. Right. How has it affected your business? And were you working uh, with people face to face? or was it all online already?
1: Um, frankly speaking, my business benefit from that situation, I have to say, because um, I've never worked with people face to face. It was always online, right? It was always uh, through, you know, communicating uh, through the Internet, basically, because I've got clients all over the world. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just in London. So and, and since the pandemic hit, um, people started caring about the health, you know, rightfully so because instead of fearing a a virus of any kind or any other disease you know i truly believe that we should only care about how strong our immune system is in order to deal with those viruses we can never get rid of them right so um, my you know my business benefit from that because i i you know i got many more clients um people that care about you know their well-being their health and how strong they are etc um but in general as an observer i can say that you know london was hit big time and it was just this fear in the air you know like people were truly um you know unprepared but then again who was you know i don't believe any other country you know had a different um you know different outcome but um it, you know and and again uh, August, I think August, um, they reopened the borders, and just because you know London, like London was shut down completely. You know the gyms were closed, and to me, it didn't make any any sense in terms of like you should be promoting people getting healthier, not like opening pubs and closing gyms, right? So this kind of you know, I, 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 yeah, I was yeah, I wasn't really supporting that, um, you know. Um, that way of uh, handling this whole situation and well i I was missing my family so i decided to come to russia and i realized that everything is open here so probably it's a better place to stay for the time being
0: so russia opened up all the facilities and restaurants and everything else
1: everything everything is uh, almost as normal they promote the you know obviously wearing masks in public places however everything is open I think they've only had maybe like three months in total that since you know like since last year there were probably about three months where they closed things you know it was probably if I'm not mistaken maybe April March May 2020 where they were closing facilities but um, after that everything you know life is normal.
0: And what about the number of, I mean, you're there, so it's not like, you know, we're hearing about it. You're there now. So what about uh, the cases? Rafael,
1: frankly speaking, I don't, uh, okay, let me be honest with you. I have not watched TV for the last 15 years. (laughs) So, um, you know, some might agree, some might, might disagree, but frankly, I don't, like I don't really watch the news. I don't keep an eye on the numbers, you know. And I, I'm not promoting that, but I'm just like saying, you know. I'm not even talking about
0: the news. I don't better, watch the news either. Okay, I'm not even talking about the news.
1: I don't even know the numbers.
0: Okay, so but, I'm talking yeah, about the, you like, since you're where there. Where I get the numbers from? Yeah, but you, you're there. Right. You're socializing with people that are living there. From what you are witnessing right. yourself, not not taking information from the news from what you're witnessing yourself. Right. Is that, is is it normal or is it like, what what is the situation? There
1: are a few, you know, there are, there are cases, there are cases, you know, like uh, sometimes I'd hear somebody would get it, but then obviously, you know, I mean, okay. I've never heard like, thank God. And I'm not, um, suggesting that this thing does not exist. Of course it does. You know, it's a, it's nor like it's, it's a virus. It exists. I've heard of some death cases from like, you know, some kind of like, uh, from people of, you know, friends of friends of friends in my circle, thank God I haven't had any, you know, but I had a lot of people who would get the virus and then just recover from it, you know, and that's, that's pretty much all I know. But like in my world, and again you know russia and you probably you know resonate with that and probably heard about you know like that. as a country we've been through so much like this is just another you know like another obstacle like people Absolutely. don't freak out here about that you know Absolutely. people don't freak out here about that i
0: definitely agree i definitely agree, mm, I thank definitely you. agree. That, of course <laughs> okay so things are back to normal more or less. Um, and uh, the mask situation is promoted, but is it mandated? Like if I walk into a supermarket without a mask, am I gonna get kicked out?
1: No, I go not at all. I'm going without.
0: What okay. What about the vaccinations? Are they mandated or no?
1: Well, not a mandatory. It exists, but I mean nobody's forced as far as I know.
0: Okay. That's great. That's good to hear. <laughs> okay.
1: Right? Yes, I'm happy to. <laughs> so
0: what does what does the life in you know the peak performance coach look like in regards to business you're seeing clients uh clearly you don't need to be seeing clients face to face you could move to you know to mexico or to dominican republic Colombia, to you know australia and do business as usual okay are you seeing clients through zoom or is it a package coaching is it a high ticket is it a monthly membership how do you see clients
1: right so it is a high ticket and we communicate i've got a closed telegram group and then we communicate pretty much via whatsapp sometimes it's a zoom call if i need to see their shape you know if they need to check in so but it again It's whatever, you know, whatever works for my clients. So it's a very personalized, very individual approach. Hence why I only take 10 clients at the time, but it's an educational program. So I have 12 week package, which is an educational program, which basically uh, means that within 12 weeks, I will tell my clients everything they need to know about how to live their life in order to perform at their peak, how to live their life. So they don't need to even hire a trainer anymore unless they want a trainer or a coach for accountability purposes, right? But in terms of the knowledge, uh, no, that's basically it. So it's an educational program. And after these 12 weeks, uh, my clients are able to live their best life and be equipped with all the information they possibly need to live their life at optimum
0: okay so that reminds me of what i mentioned earlier where people leave the accountability at the formal education so the school sets you up with the foundation and then you're like okay you're off to the races on your own
1: exactly
0: okay so now here's my question then
1: you're welcome to stay
0: Okay. So right. that's what I was going to ask. So let's say somebody has right. been through your program, they see great results, they absorb right. all that knowledge, and they're more or less self-accountable as well. Right? Right. right. But you know what? You and I both know life gets in the way. People Absolutely. are not robots. So what happens when right. they want your accountability once the program is over? How do you handle that process? And the reason I'm asking is because you're going to have people listening to this podcast that are self-employed. They're not really business owners with employees or they are working a job and they want to transition into becoming self-employed. Right. Whether they are, you know, financial expert accountant or they're in uh, fitness or they're a nutritionist, maybe they're a tax preparer. You know, like you have different industries, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be attached mm-hmm. to seeing clients face to face. How do they create the income? Right. Without constantly looking for new clients especially if they're not you know trained salespeople so how do you create the? that's
1: an an interesting question right i can only i mean i can only share my own experience right so some of of my clients after 12 right so some of my clients after 12 um 12 week uh program do actually you know want to stay and by all means i keep in touch with those clients but that is a completely different um Uh, communication and interaction because they don't really require so much of my attention anymore as they do know what to do however we discuss a different you know different package in terms of like what they pay me let's say right and um you know we just keep in touch and they are they are feeling accountable right but they are actually not in need of so much information as before so i've got some of those clients right but again, it, uh, it, as an advice for someone else, if they really want to flow, because again, I don't really do that. You know, I've mentioned at the beginning, I'm not a very materialistic person as in like, I want to make millions. I just, my, my mission and my first pur- purpose is sustain my, you know, um, freedom. And, you know, so that I can, like you said, you know, I can move around and I can live anywhere I like and I can afford it, right? And then um, I you know i i see how people benefit from my knowledge and sharing my knowledge so they become their lives become better so this is what you know warms my heart up but if you're someone who actually wants to scale your business then obviously it's better to create something like a middle um uh, like a product that you don't necessarily um, it, it might not be personalized to the T, you know, but but it's something that benefits everyone. So, say a program that you can sell or offer to everybody. You know, it doesn't have to be hundred percent personal, but it will still benefit somebody's health. Let's say. So, if you are in this industry,
0: so is that the next step for you? It probably will be,
1: <laughs> but you know, like I said, you know, I you. I I really, truly see myself as a professional because I'm also very passionate about it, you know, and I've spent years doing that for myself. But again, you know, if I'm 100% honest and that's what I promote everyone to, to do and to be, you know, honesty is like living in your truth. You know, it's not my career. So I'm also like a student of life. You know, I'm only learning how to be my best, how to do my best. And that's what I do in my industry as well. You know, even though I i am successful to a degree but there's always growth you know i'm sure you agree with that you know we're always growing we're always trying to find like better ways better you know more efficient ways to deliver our services so that probably will be the next step for me yes
0: all right good glad to hear thank you listen i mentioned before that quite a few big influencers online do follow your content, and I mean you, you have plenty of great content on social. Where are the best platforms for people to connect with you?
1: Thank you for asking that. Uh so my main platform is Instagram. However, since the clubhouse um you know uh, opened their <laughs> horizons, you know, I'm enjoying that application very much, and the reason for that is is because it's very um. It's very educational, and it's you know, people are able to provide so much knowledge and information without having this fear of how do I look like, you know, especially like for again, I don't want to, I'm all about you know, inclusivity. I don't want to, like, I, um, I, I don't even want to talk about like genders or you know, nationalities, etc. For me, we're just all human, right? And um, I just find this platform sensational because people feel. So much f- more free, you know, to provide and to share the knowledge, the information. So definitely Clubhouse and Instagram.
0: I'm going to share both of those links in the notes of the so podcast much. for people to connect with you.
1: I really appreciate that.
0: Okay. So I got two more questions. And then we're Thank done. Thank you. Sure. I promise. I know we went over the time, so I appreciate your time. I, I know. I've No, no, no. An hour it's most. my
1: pleasure. It's my pleasure.
0: So first question. Let's say I'm a busy person, business owner, professional, doesn't matter. And I'm looking to get my life back on track. Mm -hmm. Nutrition-wise, physical, ability-wise, energy, and focus, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Take me through the – give me a two-minute rundown of where you would start with me if you work – since you're working – with individuals it's not group coaching what are the things that you look at do you look at the age do you look at my schedule do you look at my life habits do you uh ask me for my list of uh, items that are in my refrigerator you know like what do you go through to understand your client better before you proceed to advise them
1: rafael you've just done the job better than i would do because all of the above <laughs> everything that you just mentioned oh, this really? is exactly okay. what i would ask you know a person well first question really uh, exactly so the first i mean the first question would really be um and i always ask if um you know if they have any health issues right because if it's something because I, I i'd like la- i mean i need to be honest like i'm not a doctor right i'm a nutritionist i'm a fitness professional um i'm a mindset Coach, but if there's somebody who's got an issue like a diabetes or some you know serious disease then i i would probably refrain from dealing with you know or or maybe direct to um you know a certain professional but if um a person hasn't got any major health you know um issues then we would start with two weeks um of basically a report, like a, a report that, um, I will need from my, uh, future client or potential client. Right. And uh, just exactly what you've, what you've mentioned, you know, is their lifestyle is their habits in that is their schedule, is their preferences, even food preferences, because again, I do not believe in conventional diets, right. Because they are not sustainable. And you've also mentioned that and very, you know, very good, um, um, you know, rightfully, you said that, like what happens, life gets on the way, right? And that's exactly the reason of my educational program. Uh, you, don't, um, you don't depend on uh, life circumstances because with the tools that I provide, you can adapt to any life situation, right? The main thing is like, you don't have to be always 100% on track. This is so important, you know. It's 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 like the key of my program of my program, right? First of all, it's individual, which means that I'm not gonna enforce something uh, onto your life, right? This is gonna be adapted to your life because the main, um, like uh, the, the secret sauce for success in uh, in terms of well being, it has to take you out of your comfort zone to a degree, right? Because what we humans like to do is like, for someone who wants to get that life on track, they just want to go from nothing to 100, right? And that rarely lasts, you know? You, You just fire up with your motivation, your, you know, like inspiration that you want to change your life. And people just go from not going to the gym, not having a diet, um you know maybe being on medication etc right onto being an athlete with eating just chicken and rice mm-hmm. and uh you know and um like changing their life completely this is not how it works you know you need to take yourself out of your comfort zone to a degree and then establish new habits which you then can sustain and improve as you go along, and that's exactly what I help doing. You know, creating new habits, uh, winning the day, and then repeating it every day. But in order for me to create a personalized individual program, I need to understand what are you all about. You know, I, because it's not copy and paste. I need to understand. You know, where do you live? When do you eat? What do you like to eat? And it's not like you can't have your treats anymore. You can pretty much eat anything and still be in great shape. It's like it's the mindset of, I am not allowed something, you know, like the forbidden fruit situation. Like when yeah, you're so you not don't, allowed, you don't cut anything
0: out cold. You re, you reduce so if something is exactly, not good for their exactly. health. You reduce it rather than completely getting rid of it.
1: Absolutely correct. Okay. Absolutely That's correct. Cool. That's cool. I, I actually
0: like that approach because I don't like to limit myself on anything absolutely also,
1: but the more we but this is the this this is the you know uh, an illusion you know people people can only do that for that long you know that's why diets don't work you know that's why diet don't they don't they, they simply don't work and there's so much misinformation there
0: a thousand percent agree with you of course thank you yeah it's, it's like um i remember at some point right before covid hit i got into this new habit of uh getting up at 5 a.m driving out to the gym And uh, I'm the type of a person who is not, I'm more motivated by a fear of pain rather than to gain pleasure, right? So I told my daughter, she would would wake up at six in the morning. I said, I give you full permission to walk into my room by the time you wake up. And if you see me sleeping, I give you, I give you permission to take a cup full of cold water and splash it into my face. That is a thing (laughs) that I absolutely hate. I cannot stand that feeling. I just had a bad oh experience back in uh, back in camp when I was a little kid. So anyway, right. so to avoid that pain mentally, I'm like, there's no way I will allow myself to get caught by 6 in the morning. So I started getting up at 5. That's fabulous. That I'm
1: going to have to remember that.
0: And for me, but I was still consuming as far as food, whatever the, the accountability
1: I wanted. Again. You see this, you figured it out.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I hacked it. I hacked myself, right? You
1: did. You did. You see, and when you can't hack yourself, then you you hire a hacker.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. But he, he, and here's the thing, but I was still consuming the things that I wanted to consume, even though I know they weren't healthy for me. Right. And while other people around me, they're like, well, if I want to lose weight, if I want to do this, I need to you know, boost up on my proteins, reduce the carbs, this and that. I, I'm like, I don't want to limit myself on anything that I want to have because I'd rather make up for it in hard work or being more disciplined to, right. to, to balance out the stuff that I wasn't supposed to get, but I did it right. anyway. Right. You know what I mean?
1: You see, I completely agree with that. Although, having said, you know,
0: um, you I'm, can't not out-work I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not Sorry. saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is what I do because that that brings me the mental satisfaction.
1: Right. But I'm agreeing with you because that is the, the this is the right approach, you see. But the thing is like some people they again they are too radical either one side or the other. You you remember how we were talking about the the, the, complete zen or complete hustle? You see, when it comes to dieting, for instance, people go, you know, some people go the same uh, way. They either just go completely out of, you know, like reasonable, you know, and they overeat and they eat really bad quality food, et cetera, or they decide that they want to live a new life and now it's just plain, blank, you know, blunt food. So instead of going extremes, why don't we find ourselves in the middle where you can actually allow yourself sometimes something in uh, a reasonable portion, right? And then, but like, I, I call it an 80-20 rule, right? Where 80% of the time you are, you know, you're nourishing your body and not for the purpose of weight loss. Even if you have to lose some fat, let's say, uh, this cannot like, this rarely is a motivating enough, you know, you have like the main um, reason and the motivation should be being healthier, be, you know, love your life. So you can, you can live it longer. Right. And then losing fat will be a consequence. Having a great body will be a consequence and it's inevitable. It is inevitable, you know, because I, I've worked with some people who were overweight and they did not love themselves in that state. Right. But wanting to lose weight, were giving them like a depression, you know, because they were, re- they were constantly resisting, you know, what we resist persist. Yes. So you can't resist yourself in that state. It will, you, you just not, you will not succeed, you know? So you have to re um, um, you know, you have to reinvent the reason why you're doing that. And when you strive for health energy level um, you know, increasing your performance increasing your um you know performance at work within the family etc this is a much better motivation to you know to achieve your goal and then you you have a benefit of looking great as well
0: so in the process do you help them customize meal plans as well
1: Oh, it, it's base. It's a base of it. It's a foundation. So everything is based on uh, nutrition. The, the the meal, the nutrition plan, it is, you know, what, what we are starting with. And then, you know, there's a lot of little additions, uh, which are not really little. You know, they play a big role. But what we, you know, they say we are what we eat. And every single person knows about that. But almost because it's such a... Um, familiar like knowledge is such a cliche that people don't actually uh, I don't think they realize fully that is the truth you know it is the ultimate truth Uh, we are what we eat and you can't do anything about like what you put inside your body is what what you are you create yourself
0: absolutely so eating clean I'm going to ask you some uncomfortable questions to people that are listening but I have to ask because it's the truth and this is what people think about sure you and I both know that eating clean, and especially eating organic, is pricier than the average diet. Right. Okay. Can you eat clean on the same budget? More or less, yes. But will it be clean, organic, and by uh, retaining the same nutritional value? The, the answer to that is No. Same thing when people consume eggs, right? You could have pasture raised eggs and you could have, like for example, in America, you know, you have a dollar eighty nine, you know, rack of eggs, twelve, the cage, twelve eggs, and then you have the eggs that are six, seven, eight dollars. And the nutritional value is completely different. You know. You have my vitamin A, vitamin K. It's, it, the color is different, the taste is different, and it's pasture raised and it's organic. So some people confuse like pasture raised. Oh, it's organic automatically. No, they could be pasture raised, but they don't eat organic stuff. So all of these things, it takes enough information and knowledge. Do you ask your clients what their budget is before handling their meal planning? Is I that don't. a factor?
1: Right. Thank you. It's a great question. And actually, my shortest answer will be that organic and quality food is more expensive. But what is even more expensive is obesity, cancer, and a whole lot of other diseases that you will spend so much more money in treating on medication, doctors, insurance, etc., right, Then what you would have spent for an organic pack of eggs. That's my, that's my approach to that. Right. I, I, I don't ask for the budget. I only recommend to choose quality products. And again, that is simply because it will, you know, you, you are your best investment. You know, what you invest in yourself is, uh, I, I mean, you, you can't bid that. You know, I don't care the properties you have, like your best investment is yourself. So I honestly, I don't want to hear like, you don't want to spend two bucks extra on organic eggs. (laughs) Like you, you just simply got to do it.
0: Okay. Got it. So you don't even ask you, you don't care. It's basically, Hey, listen, you want the result. Here's what we're going to do.
1: Okay, that, absolutely. And plus, if they can afford me, then they can afford organic eggs. <laughs> sure.
0: Okay, <laughs> got it. Okay, listen, that's fair enough. And it's simple and it's honest. So I do appreciate that. Thank you. Last question. Always. When you hear the word influence, what comes to mind automatically?
1: Influence. I wasn't prepared, but what comes to mind at heart is being a best version of you so that you can share it with the world and again as you've mentioned at the beginning and there's a beautiful book out there by the way uh it's called and and it's not really connected to any religion but it's called conversations with god and i personally recommend that to all of the listeners um and again, don't judge the book by its cover. Do you have it?
0: I thought I did, but it's something different, but sounds familiar though. Okay.
1: Right, right. So it's conversations with God. It's, um, it's a trilogy. So there are three books to that. But um, there is a phrase in that book and it says, what we do to one is what we do to all. And that's to me, a definition of influence. Right. So, and we can even go deeper in that, and to say that that one is actually yourself. And so, what you do to one, as in yourself, is what you do to all, energetically, and then in the physical realm as well. Right? Because again, you can't you you can't pour out of an empty cup. You know, you take care of yourself, you invest in yourself, you care about yourself. It doesn't mean you're selfish. At all, not in a bad way. You know, you you just respect and love yourself so that and and you said you know when when you were talking about the money, you said uh, I want to uh, I want you know I want to earn more money, and the reason why I personally want to have more is so that I can give more, right? And and that includes again you know we we, we hear. A lot nowadays just you know people say like oh i want to save the world start with your family right start with the closest people to you right and that's and and start with yourself you know start with yourself start with the closest circle of yours and that's how we're going to make the world a better place just by taking care of ourselves and our families that's what i'd say influences for me
0: i love that you didn't need Thank to be you. prepared for it. you were prepared for it
1: <laughs> it was the next prompt, but you know everything comes the heart is the best
0: thing, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Awesome. I love it. Thank
1: you. Listen,
0: I'm going to include all your information in the notes. I truly, truly appreciate your time. It's been a while. It's been almost two hours, like an hour and 40. I've
1: enjoyed every second of it. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to, you know, connecting further and exchanging information and perhaps a second episode to go more into detail of uh, the transformation. And possibly even you that, scaling Raphael. your business and servicing more than 10 clients at a time.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be working on that, I promise.
0: All right, awesome. Have a great uh, evening for you. Take thank care, you so and- much,
1: Rafael. I really appreciate you. And thank you again for everything that you do. You know, it's it's a, it's a very useful and impactful, um, you know, podcast and information. And I just really, really appreciate you and what you do. And thank you so much for having me today.
0: Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, please show us your support by subscribing and leaving a positive review to help us advance on the chart. You can always connect with me on social media by searching for Rafael Mavi at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. If you have any questions or just want to drop a line, the fastest way to get a hold of me is through my Instagram. Until next time.